welcome to Behind the Sofa. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Behind the Sofa. My name's Ollie. And I'm Kirsty. We're living through it. <laughs> We're living through the end time. <laughs> when people, this week is going to be used as like a a record a record of what happened <laughs> no please don't that no. would be terrifying <laughs> no uh yeah if if anyone is uh experiencing the joys of uh paranoid terrified hoarding and bulk buying and uh not being able to get toilet roll and stuff we feel we feel your pain um but Kirsty punched a woman <laughs> trying to steal some kidney beans at, at, at morrison's today so many i saw lies. her so she slam dunked her head into the floor. I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> what's going on?" It was hardcore. So, so many lies, but uh, yeah, but, I mean, I, I know, you know, they were they were haricot beans. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, if uh, if if anyone is uh, is feeling the way that we are, then you know what what better excuse could you have than to just uh, shut the curtains, turn the lights off. And watch a scary film. Yeah. So that's we what didn't we... do that. We watched uh, Kill Baby Kill, but no, I'm joking. <laughs> it was um... with the lights on and everything. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go first. Okay. And we Kill Baby Kill. Little, uh... Kill Baby. Well, okay. Go on. Tell us. Tell us about it. Well, as we discussed previously, so this is number seventy on the list. This came out in 1966, directed by Mario Bava. We've had two films Super... that we uh, that we pretty much enjoyed. Super Mario. He's my man. He's my man. <laughs> oh god! Uh, I think we're both just very tired right now. Shit puns are a, a sign, are a, a symptom of Corona, right? <laughs> but yeah, so um, we we discussed briefly, um, like the the little uh, the little blurb that we had for it because we try not to read into it too much because we don't want it to be spoiled for us, um, and. From what we were saying, you know, like supernatural forces, mysterious death, Transylvania village, you're immediately thinking vampire. Yeah. Or I was. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, as we'll go out. into it, it's not vampires. I mean, my God. So, yeah, we're uh, we're going to go into it a little bit. You wanted to go first, so go, go, go. Um, Hot take. Didn't mm. like it as much as the other two. Okay. And I feel like that's a hot take because then afterwards I went up and had a little read around to see what the kind of uh, general consensus was on this movie. Mm. And a lot of people, including people like Martin Scorsese, were like, they say that this is the best Mario Barber movie. Yeah. And I don't know. It's... I didn't like it as much. I definitely didn't like it as much as um, uh, Black Sabbath. Mm. I didn't like it as much as uh, Black Sunday either. Okay, well... Um, most of the bits that I read about it, I did read about Martin Scorsese saying that he uh, absolutely loved it and everything. But I mean, what does he know? <laughs> I know, right? Um, he doesn't even like Marvel movies, so I mean, yeah, you know, come really, on. seriously. Um, no, uh, the the interesting bits about this is that like they uh, they ran out of money when they were making it, and Barber ended up sort of directing the final parts of it uh, and agreed that he wasn't going to be paid for it. Um, the story goes that the script wasn't even complete and there were lots of bits where they were just like ad hocing like yeah do this and you know like you can kind of you can kind of tell there's like there's there's a bunch of scenes in it where it's um 
I guess it maybe it kind of like is to its benefit because there's a lot, a lot, a lot of tension building and kind of building the drama and amping it up, and not a whole lot of plot action, mm, mm. character development, any yeah. of that other kind of you know helpful stuff. In one in one sense, this movie's fucking awesome. Like the atmosphere, I think it creates is really good. Which I think is something that we've uh, noticed in these other father movies that we've been watching recently. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like the plot and the characters, uh, I didn't like it as much. Okay. Um, I don't know. What did you think? What was your initial reaction? Um, I think I felt a lot uh, the way that a lot of people um, seem to feel about this film um, is that while there's a whole bunch of like. I felt like there was a lot of the issues with the plot. Um, it was a bit, bit holy, and you know, like didn't really fit together in places, and some bits didn't really feel like it was explained, and it needed to be explained either by showing or telling, and and it just wasn't. Um, but a lot of people just love the just the fact that it, this is like gothic horror, but trippy yeah. and like hallucinogenic and like just real like surrealist and like really bizarre and those are the bits that i think have inspired people i mean like the the bit (laughs) that i think both of us it's so funny when we're watching these films that you'll see like both of us will i'll just sort of jot down bits that uh, that have got me in the plot and then there's other bits where you see we notice that both of us are scribbling it down at the same time and if it's not the scooby-doo running scene that that grabbed your attention yeah that was one of my favorites it's funny because Kirsty does a lot more, as I'm sure you have all noticed. Kirsty does a lot more writing for these than I do. I just kind of like, if I see something I like, I'll write it down, or like a, a thought comes to my mind. Um, but when I see us both pick up the pen at the same time to like start scribbling furiously, then then it, you know it's nearly always the same thing. Yeah. So, but there's um, the bits that I loved most were the bits where it's kind of like Barva letting his freak flag fly mm-hmm. when it was like you know the uh the blotter acid had taken control <laughs> like when uh you know the weird sort of um uh like camera effect like when they do the wayne's word like yeah do you know how that was done i gotta imagine it was a piece of like weird glass right it was it was distorted glass that gave that like watery blurry effect that you see at the beginning it's obviously meant to be like you're hypnotized or you're being like persuaded to like compelled to do things by the uh creepy ghost girl that we'll go into a little bit later but that was um that was actually from mario barber's dad who was uh like very well known he was like a camera guy in like the era of silent film and he discovered he either discovered it or he used it um quite you know like quite in in yeah. various films where it's just this yeah he just you just literally wave a bit of like distorted glass in front of the camera lens and it yes. just makes it really it's blurry a, it's an effective yeah the old ones are often the good ones yeah it really works um but i also loved the um the weird uh bouncing ball yes that was one part where i was like yeah okay i'm mm. into this is this is good i'm into this when you can when the ball's bouncing mid you know i mean it cuts to it mid bounce and then it bounces out of the door and i was like oh that's really cool like you didn't it's see been anyone used throw in it. other things though right yeah but i think this is where it this is I, where it, they this got is the where inspiration they got, this from, is where yeah. they got it from mm. and also i've got to imagine this is one of the first instances of creepy child yeah well i mean bad seed came before this but that wasn't really ghost child yeah. that was but like you gotta think like the ring 
The Grudge, any of those kind of like, uh, especially 90s, 90s, mm. early 2000s sort of like, there's a creepy girl, and like <laughs> the, the children children of the corn. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some children of the corn, village of the oh, dam yeah, sort real. of uh, vibes in this one. Yeah, so uh, fun fact about that though, creepy girl, actually a creepy boy. Creepy boy. Yeah, really. Not in the not the character, yeah, but, yeah, the, no, ap- but like the, the actor, actor who's playing is, is was a little boy because uh, Bava like um, auditioned hundreds of hundreds of kids, uh, hundreds of girls, and just couldn't find one that worked, and ended up using I think it was like his um, like his concierge's son apparently his, his... had the right look and wait, they wait, stuck wait, him wait, in a wig wait. and a dress. Wait, and... wait, wait, wait. Concierge. Yeah. Like he has his own personal concierge. Yeah. Okay, that's weird. Um, or maybe of like the production company or yeah, something like that, you know. I'm, I'm, it's, it was his concierge's son. That's the only bit. It was the sixties. We'll allow it. I'm, uh, yeah, <laughs> but um, people had drivers but, and stuff back then. You yeah, know. In, that was a his thing. Personal valet. Um, <laughs> yeah, she was good. He was good. Yeah. he was good. Uh, a, a very convincing, creepy child. It's the it's the eyes. Yeah, the real, real eyes. wide eyes. I loved any time when you just saw the hand on the window oh, as well. I so thought that was good. great. That was really cool. But that was used in like um, I think uh, Benicio del Toro kind of took inspiration for like bits in the Devil's Backbone. You've got like child oh, and, hand on the, the glass orphanage and, as well. Yeah. Isn't there? Isn't like yeah, the, yeah. the sack head? Yeah, kid, like, child. Definitely puts a hand yeah. up on the window. I'm yeah, pretty sure it's all creepy. But I mean, what we were saying earlier about like the um, uh, Scooby Doo running. So it's literally like the uh, oh, the, do- the doctor who's come to the uh, come to the village to you know investigate mysterious deaths and stuff. And it's during this real trippy sequence where he's trying to escape from like the house that all the villagers yeah. are like, Moo! and you know we've talked about it before with like superstitious villagers and how I love all of that, like the you know like Eastern European, mm. um, you know ter- uh, terrified superstitious paranoid villagers are like my absolute favourite. But it turns out they actually do have something to be afraid of this time. But he is trying to escape, or he's chasing someone who ends up being his doppelganger, which is extra creepy as well. And, um, and very Twin Peaksy. Yeah. Well, the the running running from one yeah, from yeah. one room to another is in Firewalk with Me, right? Yeah. Whereas yeah, Dale so. Cooper chasing is always well. It's not, is anything in Twin Peaks really a spoiler? <laughs> like, still, even if I told you, you'd still be like, mm, I don't fucking know. But, <laughs> The scene where Dale Cooper is chasing his doppelganger through um, the red room, and mm. he just goes—you see him go. You know, they just keep on like repeating the same path over and over and over again. Yeah, definitely, definitely, David Lynch uh, yeah. would have been inspired by this movie. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, it's just got that real surreal element, like the colours and and everything like that. It's just That's so good. The, so I think the surrealism in this one was probably. Are the highest level of any of the Barber movies we've mm-hmm. seen so far. Yeah. But the one thing I would say that I really missed was that super pulpy, lurid kind of colour scheme. Like at the start, I'd say for the first like 45, 50 minutes, it's pretty low key, mm. like in terms of the way it's lit. It's not got those kind of like gel, you know, it's like blues and reds and purples and all those kinds of weird colours in it. Yeah. Like, the start almost has, like... And, it, and, you know, this is no bad thing, don't get me wrong. It almost had, like, kind of like a Wicker Man sort of palette to it. Like, lots of, I like, greys yeah, and yeah. greens and browns and Very stuff. Very nature. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I was thinking, you know, uh, like that 
that Eastern European like folklorey kind of vibe to it, yeah. which I thought was quite suited. But in the end, when it started to go to that kind of like weird trippy uh, place, they definitely had some of those like colours in there. Like mm. some of those colours started to filter in. But I still didn't think it was like as. It's nowhere near as bright as like you know the 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 amount the drop of, of water. Yeah, I know I always fucking neon. go on about the drop of water, but I it's really love that one. Bit. Yeah, I love it's that one. It's the best one. Like I mean, you know, the amount of times that we've read up about Bava and like everybody loves um, the drop of water. It's just so yeah, good. Yeah. And if... you've got that neon in there, the neon flashing mm. in the apartment, and it's so good. But I mean, they had. They had a lot of bits in this, and some of it felt maybe a bit fillery. I didn't know whether it was filler or I mean, whether it like, was a choice of like you know the like deserted walking into rooms and like people. Yeah, exactly. Deserted like, alleyways yeah. that like glowing green and stuff. And I was like, is it meant to signify something? Is it there just like to add a bit more atmosphere? Did they just need a bit a bit of extra time, you know, to um, like bits to add to it or what? I'm not sure. I do, I, do, I think it probably. <sighs> It probably was like a happy accident. They've run out of money, so they have to use like not stock footage. Have to use like uh, like B roll. You know what I mm. mean? Like different like second unit kind of stuff. Where it's like, right, you go out with the camera for a day and shoot some cool looking exterior shots. Uh, and it just so happens that we've run out of money, so let's uh, let's use that. We'll use a lot still got, more. Of still it. got the smoke machine. You know? Yeah, exactly. Oh man, <laughs> dry ice in the in the, the, the graveyard. Like I, I think I said it before, but the smoke machine uh, operators must be rubbing their greasy mitts together when they see Mario Barber production rolling into town. Yes. Like, guys, we can eat, we can afford to eat tonight. Yeah. Well, it was that, and like the addition of cobwebs everywhere. Yeah everywhere but they were all like real big real good ones and i was like how do they hell, get, yeah what size is that spider that's but how like, do they get cobwebs that good in a movie i don't know should I, we do you some know what research mean? I'm, thanos like snapping and obliterating half the planet and the special effects are on display there i'm like yeah i can understand how they do that mm. cobweb giant cobwebs i mean come on <laughs> what kind of movie magic is this yeah it's so good but like um i mean the one the one bit that i was a bit like oh okay that's that's good was um literally cold open we don't see it that often do you do you feel like we have the um like the cold open in horror in... films a lot or not so much yeah i, I think i can think of it now that you're, you've put me on the spot, I like, can't think of a single example. But at the same time, I feel like that's a thing that yeah, happened, that, I mean, that like happened this, in other horror movies. Literally, like 30 seconds, it was a woman running away in panic and, you know, like ter- absolutely terrified, runs down a hill or whatever, and then sort of goes into like a weird, terrified trance, uh, falls off of a high part and lands and impales herself on a spike. <laughs> and lands on a low part. I yeah. tell you what it reminded me of, and this, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people will be like, "Well, duh." Um, it reminded me so much of the scene in Suspiria mm. where she falls. Argento at, took yeah, like, yeah. a lot of a lot of falling scenes from Suspiria. Yeah. I feel like were taken from this, like the falling into the barbed wire pit oh, God. and falling, and when she kind of like jumps off the uh, and gets like hung on the thing mm. on the chandelier I can't wait to, to yeah. delve into Suspiria it's going to be Suspiria. crazy but yeah I mean that's literally within like the first few seconds and then you get the creepy child laughter which runs throughout the film that for me was the okay right so I'm I'm going to be honest <laughs> even though I've just said um, you know about Suspiria and all those other things the, the the beginning I thought was quite low key mm. like it didn't have that um, razzle dazzle 
of um, I can never remember which way round it is. Black Sabbath is the is the Black Sabbath of Satan. is the three. Is the mas- oh, is it okay? Black Sunday then. And Black it didn't Sabbath. have it didn't have the Black Sunday razzle dazzle, which the opening to that movie is fucking outstanding. Mm-hmm. It didn't have that same sort of like slap you across the face like immediately. It was kind of like there was no like music underneath it. It was mm. just kind of like real. I don't know. It it didn't it didn't blow me away until the white stockings and the white shoes and, and like the, the, the ball. The like laugh. did the ball was the ball in there at the start? I don't no, even, no, just, just okay. Well, whatever it was, like a pure white sort of like ghostly girl like walking down the stairs. I was like, oh man, that's fucking cool. I really like it that. It was really creepy, but um, yeah, it's it was an interesting start. And it was definitely like, oh, okay, well, this is this is happening then. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, we got a movie on our yeah, hands. Yeah. Okay. Do it. Um, but I mean, they, they he went down the road of like it's yet another suave doctor in a creepy village who teams yeah. up with the village hot girl and like you know mm. solves a mystery. Which... The, the, these ones I didn't like as much. As, I didn't like these characters yeah. as much as um... they didn't feel like you didn't feel like you connect i didn't feel like i connected with any of the characters really no um and i think a lot of people have said the same thing they just didn't really have that um uh you know emotional connection it, you weren't gunning for them was it barbara steel in black Sun- is it barbara what's her barbara name St- barbara steel in, yeah, black, in sunday. black sunday yeah, yeah, yeah. like she was so magnetic yeah and fantastic and kind of like <laughs> And kind of um, made up for the fact that um, the doctor was basically just like a bit of a beefcake. It made me <laughs> Dr. think, beefcake. Doctor Beefcake. It made me think of um, <laughs> what is that mystery science theater three thousand, where it's like uh, Brock. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the guy. I can't, man. I'm gonna butcher it. I can't remember any of the names. So go watch that. Uh, go watch that mystery science theater three thousand. Just with all the different beefcake names. Yeah. it's absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, no, none of the characters in this were anywhere near as exciting. Like I love the old Doctor in Black uh, Black Sunday. I thought he was great. Yeah. And but there was no one like that. You know. Yeah, like you didn't really see the. You know, like Inspector Kruger. Like he yeah, just he, sort of he like, was good, but then he just he was there you know, for like he was three off minutes. For, he was off pretty quickly. Yeah. It would have been more fun to have him around, like more people who were like explaining a bit more about the uh, like the superstitious beliefs and stuff, because there are areas of it where it's like the real clash between you know science and logical thinking and you know like fear and superstition and and uh, you know just like small town paranoia essentially yeah. and like magic and all that kind of stuff because you've got like Ruth the the village witch which I really like the fact that they have like he's kind of subverted the whole classic thing of it being you know like the black haired witch would be the bad one and the innocent angelic blonde haired girl would be the good good one well, and it's... they've kind of flipped that maybe so... they've um, maybe they maybe Mario Barber listened to us and went <laughs> back in time because remember that when we were talking about Black Sunday mm. we were talking about how good it would be to have like a movie where the witch was kind of like the yeah, the hero uh, yeah. and so maybe he you know mm. when he watched it back he thought oh that would have been an interesting angle and then he's taken that into Kill Baby Kill yeah um, it just is a shame that the I don't, I don't. What was the name of the actress who played Ruth? I don't. don't uh, Fabienne Darley. Like it just so happens that she's just not. She's no Barbara Steele, and that character is she not is, as. She is stunningly gorgeous though, and yeah, she's yeah, got yeah. that sixties Italian like um, 
the eyebrows yeah, yeah. those incredible eyebrows and i'm just like every time she's on screen i'm just like she's amazing she has great eyebrows yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah so i was a bit like he he clearly enjoyed having that particular yeah he's got look he's got a type. female yeah because it was like in the telephone like the telephone bit in, yeah. uh, in black sabbath was very much like that too um there were some bits that i it was not meant to be but made me laugh so a um, couple of the bits that that spring to mind there was one where like they're running off with the um the body of the the um servant girl who like killed herself at the beginning um and they're running off to like they're taking the coffin away because they believe that like they're very you know clearly quite religious people or you know like, yeah, superstitious yeah so they they believe that like defiling the corpse through autopsy would be like the worst thing ever mm. so they're running off with with the coffin so that's one of the first bits that you see after like you know literally like servant girl kills herself impales credit uh you know like um like title card yeah. comes up and then it just cuts to these guys who are walking along with a clearly empty coffin because it's like <laughs> looks like it's made out of like balsa wood or something it's like really light they're sort of walking along with it quite quickly and then the doctor turns up and then you just see like he looks over to the horizon you just see the silhouette of these guys running with this coffin and it looked very much to me like planting the flag at Iwo Jima <laughs> like this like <laughs> And um, yeah, they're just sort of running out. And I was trying, I was like stifling a laugh because I was like, that's, I can't. It was just, it was almost comedy. Like they yeah, were running yeah. with like a ladder or something. <laughs> it just made me It was laugh. a bit Keystone Cops. Yes. But um, yeah, and then it, like the choices, like there was a lot of people we were a bit funny about it, but then other people who absolutely loved it. Several instances of like really intense zooming in on people's faces. Mm. He just made that decision. And like spiral staircase, like zooming in and out of the spiral staircase. Mario Barber, he was like, guys, we've paid for this spiral staircase. We're going to get our fucking money's worth. This is no way... We're uh, we're not gonna have I mean, a thousand shots of this spiral staircase. I mean, in this some movie. of them were good. Like when you had like, was it Monica, who's like the main uh, the main female? She uh, main female role is like she was like running down the staircase. You can see her arms like flailing, and she's like running down, and you can just hear the laughter over the top. But you don't really see her face. You just see that there's like a shape running down the stairs. So you don't know whether it's Melissa, the little girl, whether it's Monica, mm. whether it's both of them, and anything like that. And so that gave me a bit of fear. But then I do also have a bit of a weird fear of like people coming up the stairs behind me a little bit too fast like ollie has has uh, I've experienced i've exploited this, this fear many such times such a jerk such a jerk i'm just like go away just run up the no stairs idea. behind you here, i have so. no idea where it comes from but True for fear. some reason yeah literally like if someone's coming up the stairs too close behind me i will break into a run and just like scramble up the stairs <laughs> and run away so maybe now, that was if why anyone ever sees kirsty out in the no. wild do not wink ever do that to her please don't End ever wink. please don't um. ever um okay so i mean we, we have the whole uh you know like we were talking about the other week with uh you know like real loaded kind of things like it was in the old dark house where they were talking about like uh villa uh villa graps which is you know the house that none of the villagers go anywhere near because you know it's cursed and there's a curse on the village and everything and it kind of gets explained but not really and then they were like oh you know baroness graps and i immediately wrote down baroness graps is countess bathory because they were like oh you know if you go up there you'll never come back down and yeah. i'm like oh okay so she's obviously killing them torturing them bathing in their blood all that kind of stuff no none of that so <laughs> well the, the, where went wrong for me at the end mm. is that ruth and baroness graps have this 
real like James Bondian sort of like exposition scenes yeah, where they explaining. describe exactly you know what I mean it's like don't explain it it's, it's way better if it's left kind of uh, you know all we everyone had kind of figured out like what had been going on the fact that she was a, a medium and she could kind of bring the spirit of her daughter back from the dead to take revenge on all the people it was a bit Friday the 13thy um, to take revenge on the people who'd kind of killed her um, but they had such a long drawn out scene of like explanation like right we really need to hammer it home to the audience like what it is that's actually happening here I just don't think it needed it no and then a real unnecessary death at the end I thought as well yeah with Ruth I was like did she need to die why did she well, die yeah I mean she got stabbed and then like she'd already strangled Baroness Graps and then it was meant like she does the whole um, was it like uh, the nightmare is ended yeah like I fulfilled my purpose yeah nightmare is over the chain is broken I've kept my promise <clears throat> yeah and then a real dramatic death after so, pr- protecting the honour of a burgermeister not enough burgermeisters I now. love that word it's a fantastic word I literally word. wrote it down as burgermeister I was like so he's like the town magistrate kind of yeah. guy I feel like a burgermeister shouldn't a burgermeister be wearing like a lederhosen and like one of those funny like Italian he should basically look like the guy he should he look like the guy on a bottle of Bira Moretti you know what yes. I mean like a big moustache and a sort of like one of those weird like crombie hats with a red feather in it that's what a burgermeister should look like not this bald Kojak looking motherfucker oh, it was intense though yeah but uh, yeah it was um and then and then you know like and he seemed very much like the um we we didn't learn enough about him um but at the beginning he seemed you know very much like oh i've got this story and everything else or whatever and then it ended up that he was like shacking up with the village witch and it was like odd couple slightly yeah didn't really seem he seemed you know like a like the the, the you know man of uh, morals and logic and reason and all this kind of stuff and then and then it was just like oh my my car you know like I love Carl and mm. yeah it was a bit like okay a little bit odd like but... I said uh, there was a lot to like in this movie but mm. a lot where I just felt like it you know like you said it ran out of money I'm sure and yes. also the script wasn't written fully I, f- I feel like taking an extra month or so to just finish off that script and you know if, if the money hadn't fallen through then maybe yeah. we would have got a you know like a true true classic yeah uh, you know as it is this was not my favorite one there's some really great moments in it like i said the idea of a creepy child bouncing a ball down a hallway mm. you know what i mean sparked a million different imitators um and there's once again the set dressing like the yes. location uh, absolutely fantastic like the outdoor location was so good um you've got you've got it written down haven't you i feel like oh, you was, must have written down in, where it was yeah formed. it was filmed in italy yeah um obviously but like yeah they had they had areas where they were where they were able to film it um i'm not entirely sure there's not actually a lot of like factual like you know fun fact information and stuff about this film um but yeah, it was filmed. Uh, Wasn't it Cal- Calcutta? Yes. Yeah. In in Italy, but um, yeah, so there were a lot of areas where they were like, like you said, you know, they were panning around like outside shots of like villages and ruins and stuff like that, which I think was just based on the fact that they had the cameras, they didn't have a lot of money, so they were like, oh, I'm just gonna film this bit over here, mm. and then we'll stick some music over the top. Interestingly enough, the music 
Um, yeah, like it didn't make a big impression on me. It was kind of weird, right? Yeah. So basically what they did was uh, they... It wasn't like um, Black Sunday when they had that fucking amazing music on yeah. the opening. Yeah, so this was um, actually a lot of it was stock music that was kind of cobbled together because they didn't have a lot mm. of money. So they They quit and Tarantino'd it. Yeah, so they stick they stuck music um, scores and stuff from like other films and things and they put it together. But like I literally wrote down, I was like, right, so this film has theremin church organ uh bongos and slide bass like throughout various parts of it and like dream it's sequence a real mishmash yeah and, like dream sequence music and stuff and it was all a bit like okay um but you've got like the sweet uh like villa villa graps with the portrait of uh melissa graps which i want it's so cool with her yeah, with, like real a trippy. skull i feel like it needs a fucking black light and a bong sound underneath <laughs> yeah it's so crazy and then uh did you notice the sconces on the wall that were literally like just arms with hands yeah. holding I giant was like, candles I, th- I thought that we were gonna get like a day of the dead moment what, where like those moving arms, yeah where they would start to come into life i was yeah, like that would be so good cool. and then they had the armor and i wrote down earlier on in the film i was like every time i see suits of armor in films like this i want them to move like uh, even if it's just like a slight head turn to follow this person as they walk down a hallway and then uh and then a bit later like one of them it looked like it was about to start moving but then it just toppled over but it was still like i was like oh my god the armor moved yeah. well it couldn't that be considered like a mario Bava director's trademark on imdb because he had them fall over in um black sunday as uh, well right yes oh okay. Yeah. okay okay i love the suit of uh-huh. armor yeah well who doesn't really i mean i used to love suits of armor it's when i was a kid and bed knobs and broomsticks right? yes there's a, a famous uh, a famous phrase from my childhood where <laughs> I would just say again, again, and get my mum to rewind uh, the bed knobs and broomsticks Nazi fight scene. Uh, well, who doesn't love a Nazi fight scene when the Nazis lose? You know, I mean, especially to ghostly suits of armor. Yes! I mean, come on, it's so especially good. the one. And there's a guy. There's the one with the fucking bagpipes playing. I yes. Was like, that's, uh, that's... Right, let's just watch that. Today. Yeah, I was going to say. That's good. <laughs> and now our review of Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Yeah! <laughs> you know you'd love it. Um, okay, bobbing so... along, bobbing I... along. At... <laughs> yeah, All right. Stop it. Um... We have to pay for it, it's Disney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll definitely track us down no matter how small fry pod- that podcast we are. God. Um, okay, so uh, earlier on this week, uh, I actually posted up so uh, on uh, Instagram and Facebook so if you go to Behind the Sofa Podcast on Instagram and Facebook um, and make sure you like and follow while you're there thanks very much um, I actually posted up a few pieces of like uh, the poster art and stuff that, oh yeah that some of them are so up, cool they're so good I mean mid-century 1960s uh, film posters are so so good anyway but interestingly enough uh, like this particular one these particular ones like really focused on uh, Melissa's doll, which is in in it a bit, but not a lot. It's not a huge plot point. It's just there, and I mean, there's a scary scene with like Monica where she wakes up and like the doll's at the foot of her bed. I mean, how fucking like after a yeah. creepy dream, you've seen an autopsy. You're pretty sure there's some scary shit going on. You have a nightmare, and then you wake up and there is a bald porcelain doll sitting yeah. at the foot of your bed you'd yeah, be creeped it's out creepy. but in the posters it's used a lot more like it's an actual thing that comes to life that um uh, that i think there's one instance where it's holding a knife there's an uh, like in all of them it's not wearing any clothes it's just literally like a naked you know like 
doll body, like shapeless doll it body. It almost looks like a doll of the Burgermeister. <laughs> <laughs> no! No, no. No, no. No. I don't want to. No, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> I don't want to think about the doll. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's used a lot more. Like it's meant to be in there. It's uh, yeah, it's weird. I mean, like obviously they just pick like some of the big focuses. Maybe they just wanted to keep it a bit more mysterious and not give away like that it's all about the little girl and everything else. I don't know, but but I, as well, I tell you what, I feel I feel like you've hit on something. And, and it could well be one of the reasons why we don't like this movie. Well, I know speaking for me, mm. I don't know. I'm, I feel like you're sort of like leaning towards my opinion as well. But mm. the it doesn't. This movie doesn't have the big iconic images like mm. Black Sabbath and Black Sunday. It's true. The ball bouncing down the hallway. You know, that's. I, I think about things that go on the poster though. Yeah. Like. I, Putting a ball, a kid bouncing a ball on a poster would look really. <laughs> you'd be like, wait, what is this movie about? Yeah, whereas, like, whereas like the mask of Satan and the the you know the the ring from uh, the ring and the old woman from uh, a drop of water and all those kinds of things, that is like you could pause the DVD and be like, well, there's the poster. There's an image for the poster. True. Whereas this movie just doesn't kind of have those same iconic images. Yeah, but now, I mean, if you think about it now, because obviously now that, it, obviously back then they were going for like the real lurid, like shocking, you know, yeah. like people look like, you know, it's always that uh, from like the 1950s and 60s, if it was a horror film, you had to show people looking horrified yeah. or in some kind of peril on the, on the, poster so that people knew exactly what it was all about um nowadays like it seems to have been drawn down it's a bit more minimalist like with the um with the posters and stuff for for horror films it's a lot of just one person the main uh you know the main pull the main like uh famous person who's in it um but then a lot of the ones where they've had more recently where there is like a child or a doll or you know like insidious and and uh you know like the conjuring yeah yeah, all of those sorts of ones it's literally just the doll or the child and you literally could i mean like one of the one of the bits that i loved on there is uh out, out of the artwork that um that i posted up i think three of them were the original pieces and one of them was like a um like a modern uh, was, interpretation yeah by a guy uh called uh his instagram is matt robot and he does he's done um a different poster for every single episode of better call saul so far oh, and nice. they're all this amazing like mid-century like sort of limited color palette for each one yeah. so they all match up together and it just looks so good but yeah i posted that one up because it was literally like um uh melissa kind of backlit from the back uh, and you know I didn't know and uh, now I can look at it and be like oh she's holding the ball hmm. and that's you couldn't see her face it was just the long hair the long dress and the ball and and it works it works really well but like obviously that wasn't the look they were going for back in like 1966 so you ended yeah. up with like this collage of people looking terrified and this massive doll that's not really featured that much in the film no so but the storyline itself the the actual sort of uh framework of it really works for me like you know the idea of like the grieving mother who has a contact with the supernatural brings back her child to seek revenge for the people who wronged her cursed village yeah creepy children um and uh and then you know like she's dealing the mother's now dealing with the guilt of like having all of these dead people on her conscience and they're haunting her Mm. like it's kind of 
you know alluded to that they are haunting her and they're causing her to like go slowly mad because of it all and i love that it just wasn't really translated that well onto the screen for me i'll tell you one thing that the more i think about it it bothers me monica yes she has to and and i'm not saying it's the fault of the actress or Mm -hmm. anything like that um at the end of the day it's a character in a movie directed by a man written by a bunch of men yeah i feel like it was written by three different people including father she's got to be the wettest (laughs) of all like main characters we've seen in a movie so far yes like not interesting nothing about her all she does is throw her arms up and run into the embrace of uh, the big strong man of, of, of the doctor. Yeah, and I was like, I'm just not feeling it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't even think it's like a necessarily like a barber thing because he's shown that he can do fucking awesome strong female characters before. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just a it's just a shame that uh, that this one was was a bit weak sauce. Yeah. Um, overall, not you know not entirely negative i think there's some really interesting and uh kind of influential parts in the movie but it just was not my favorite ones of the of the three that we've watched so far the three mario barber movies we've watched so far it was my least favorite okay well there were bits that i i mean i don't know i tend to find with like horror films and stuff whether i'm just like a bit soft but i'm i'm like yeah i yeah i liked it or you know like yeah it was all right you know i can never there's very rarely you'll find me being like i hated this film yeah or it's terrible it's definitely got like it you know like it held my attention didn't really hold ollie's attention he actually uh dozed <laughs> off halfway through no yes nice. you did you slander did. you totally did i did um but yeah and i, mean, I do like, it again <laughs> they they have a few um uh, pretty intense deaths. I quite liked, obviously the uh, the impaling that we've talked about Impa- earlier. Impaling was good. Impaling was good. Uh, there was another impaling. So it was Nadine who was the um, like the uh, the daughter of the innkeeper who you know we're watching her slowly. It was like her story was like um, us finding out what happens. So the idea is that like if you see Melissa's ghost, that means that you will die and that that harks back there's a lot of like folk stories and stuff that say you know like if you see the grey lady that haunts this house or whatever she's a harbinger of death so you know like it means that someone's gonna die um and uh so you get to see like what happens with her and her parents her family who like wrap her in a um uh it's like a like what they call a leech vine which is basically barbed wire they just wrap it around her and they're just like there you go that'll keep you safe um and uh yeah then uh she is encouraged in the in probably the creepiest scene in the film you've got um melissa the little girl like pressing her you know pressing her hands she's like one step away from pressing her nose up against the window just staring in and she uh, encourages and compels people to do things and compels them to kill themselves and so what she was doing is she's staring with these huge wide eyes and she's just looking from her to this sconce like candelabra thing with a real big spike on it which is really <laughs> stupid why you would have that in your house and then she just literally like 
uh, Nadine just like walks over to it and it's like she can't stop herself from doing it and then she just slowly impales herself on this thing and it's not gratuitous you don't see it like go in or anything like that but like you know what is happening yeah and yeah it's it's pretty you know because it's just done very slowly and very you know mm. very simply but like I think that was probably one of my favourite scenes yeah like I said loads of good stuff uh, but the where it fell down, I feel like it was just the character, characters, and the and uh, mm. you know, mm-hmm. just dragging certain things yeah. out. Like f- some of it really did feel like padding. Sometimes it goes from being, you know, tension building and mood building to just like gratuitous. Like, come on, guys, we've seen this, we've seen the fucking, you know, the fascia of this building enough times. Let's just get on with it now. Yes. Um, did so, it shit yeah. me up? No. No, there are a couple of jumpy bits, like uh, Carl going up to his. Um, Oh, yeah, I, I quite when, like that, yeah. Yeah, when Melissa fucking jumped out the cupboard. Yeah, when... but she doesn't even jump. He opens the door and she's just standing there, like, with, with her the, really with wide letter. eyes with yeah. the document that he went to go get. And it was just like, Whoa. okay, like, you know, we were expecting it. We were expecting that or at least but, the to giggle. Be, to be fair, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting the laugh. Yeah. Or it not being there, like, yeah. you know, or something like that. And then it just opens it and it's, like, real close up on her face. And you're like, oh, shit. Um, and then he kills himself with a sickle. Which uh, I think someone in Bay of Blood dies from having their throat cut with a sickle as well. So mm. he obviously decided, that's fun. Yeah. Let's do that again. Um, but yeah, uh, it didn't it didn't ship me up. Um, there were a few bits that were a bit like oh, like you know, like slow impaling on on candelabra spike and uh, a couple of jumpy bits and stuff. But overall, it was you know just like fairly easy viewing. Yeah. Yeah. A Sunday afternoon horror movie. Which it literally was. So, um, but um, yeah, like we said, you know that you can see the inspiration that it's given to other people. Um, you get to see Barva just like go nuts with, you know, just like real surreal, really trippy, weird bits. But like you have, you know, just like standard gothic horror before that. Yeah, I feel like those bits just like almost like entice you and like make you want more of that and then they don't because then you're just left with this kind of like pretty stock you know hunky doctor and really wet woman who just kind of like go off into the the sunset yeah i was like it's you know for all the promise of the tricky weird bits it doesn't really live up to it but there you go yeah Um, so i mean yeah if you've got another opinion you should come and tell us on uh on where uh, behind the sofa podcast on Instagram or Facebook come and let us know we post up about what we're doing each week uh, throughout the week so you'll be able to find out where you can see trailers poster art um, if we find the movie anywhere where you can get it then we'll let you know um, and we also post up information about where you can rent it or buy it if you want a copy of it for your collection or if you want to watch and come and let us know if you're a Bava fan, um, we've already reviewed two movies, uh, Black Sabbath and Black Sunday, um, and so you'll be able to find those in our uh, episodes lists. And yeah, so this one unfortunately did not sort of come up to um, uh, the standards that we've had previously. But no, it's yeah. uh, it's not quite there. But yeah. there you go. Um, what's coming up next week? I just remembered. Next week. Next week. It's only the bloody reshuffle. It's reshuffle part three. I love reshuffles. Yeah, so reshuffles, if for anyone who hasn't uh, tuned in before, we've done two already. So basically, every 10 movies that we watch, 
uh, we go back and have a look at those 10 and see whether we agree with the uh, positioning on the list, whether they move up, move down, go off completely anything goes so yeah yeah so we've had we've had a few interesting ones so i mean the ones that we'll be reviewing here uh let me just build up the list uh so the ones that we've done so far so we're going from like 79 to 70 i've got i've got it here if you want yeah uh a quiet place yeah ginger snaps Mm -hmm. the fog Mm -hmm. get out hellraiser black sunday black christmas aliens the old dark house and now kill baby kill that is an interesting combo it really is it really is so yeah we'll be uh we'll be having a think an argument a few things might be thrown um but uh eventually we'll come to an agreement on where they should be and uh we'll come and let you guys know and if you agree disagree uh have any suggestions of anything that you've watched recently that isn't on the list so far uh, come and let us know behind the sofa podcast on Instagram and Facebook and we will have a look and let you know what we think yeah I feel like in the next couple episodes we're going to want to have uh, like a listener suggestion Ooh, so if idea. you think there's something not on this list that should be make sure you get us on on the social medias yeah um, if you want to see the original top 100 um, it is on our Instagram and on our Facebook so make sure you go and have a listen mm-hmm. uh, go and have a look and if you want to go all the way back and you can listen to episode zero where we talk about the uh, the, the original top 100 uh, and then we kind of figure on what's going to move up and what's going to go down Yeah. so there's loads of different ways you can get around it so, yeah, uh, so thanks so much for listening um, please let us know where you're listening from um, and like rate review subscribe wherever you are really makes a massive difference and helps us to reach more people and we're going to try and make sure that we are not affected by uh, corona so we can keep on <laughs> keep these coming out every Monday because I feel like people are just going to want good distractions over the next couple months so uh, yep. we'll, you, we got you we got you guys yeah um, so from yep. behind the sofa good night you have been making so many